Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist who loves to draw you closer to Jesus and offer practical tools to help you walk confidently in who you are in Christ. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And every other Wednesday, we share guest interviews with people I hand select to speak into your life. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of today's show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. In case you missed it, my book, Image Restored, released a few months ago, and the reviews already pouring in are an answer to prayer. You can learn more about the book and access a private podcast community at imagerestoredbook.com. And if you've already purchased it, will you please go and leave an Amazon review? I read them, plus it helps other readers find this resource. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine who I had the honor of working alongside on the Declare conference team a few years ago. She's also responsible for helping me get started in podcasting, so you can thank her later. Let me introduce you to her. Ann Watson is a business strategy coach and the host of the Swayology podcast. She helps coaches and communicators think like a business so they can inspire like a boss by getting crystal clear about their niche and creating a transformational offer that gets results. She currently lives in the Dallas, Texas area. Well, real talk for a second. Anne is one of the funniest, real, and tell it like it is people I know. And in today's episode, she got vulnerable and boldly shared her story of bullying and how it affected her body image. This is an episode I promise you do not want to miss. I think everybody's going to be able to relate to Anne's story and glean from it. So please help me welcome her to the show. Well, hello, Anne. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this interview. It's the first time. Well, that's a lie. It's the second time I've sat down with somebody with zero notes in front of me and zero questions. The first being my 15-year-old daughter. That was fun. Oh, well, that's fun. So I'm kind of like family is you what you're are. saying. You <laughs> are. I want the listeners to know what me and Anne just did, because this is, I've never done this before. So Anne so graciously invited me to come on her podcast. And before we hit record on that, we were talking about something that, you know, she was sharing a little testimony with me. And I was like, hey, what are you doing after this? <laughs> Not, you know, totally put you on the spot. Um, and uh, I said, why don't you, why don't we just, I'll record yours and then we'll get off and take a potty break and we'll come back and record for mine. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. So here we Absolutely. are. <laughs> I'm totally down. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Okay. I will throw the same question at you then. Here's what I'll do. I'll just copy all your questions and then we'll just go for it. No, I'm joking. Okay. I will take a couple. I will take a couple of them. First though, I do want you to just Tell the listeners about you. Of course, I I read your bio in the intro, but tell them whatever you'd like. I don't know about you, but sometimes when people give me this question, I'm like, well, what do you want to know? I mean, like, 
I'm I'm pretty old. Like how far do, how far how far back do you want to know about me? Um, well, first, the Earth cooled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us whatever you want to, but just also include maybe some random fun fact about you that we wouldn't have read in your professional bio. Okay. Well, great. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love what you're doing. I love real talk with Rachel, and of course, I just love real Rachel. Like you're one of my faves. So thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Ann Watson. I live in the Dallas area. I have been married to my husband, Rick, for it'll be 30 years this summer. Very exciting. And we have three adult children. One of them is about to get married. So I'm in full mother of the bride mode right now and trying not to be mother of the bridezilla. Whereas like I'm the monster trying to keep my relationship with my daughter intact. So, but that's really fun. We're having a good time planning that. Uh, let's see, I have a fur baby that I'm obsessed with, like probably in an unhealthy way. I smother her. She lets me. It works for us. Uh, she is a rescued pit bull. So I'm a pit bull advocate and I just love them. I think they're so smart and fun. And, you know, if I weren't doing the things that I do as a business coach and like teacher, leader, ministry kinds of stuff, I would probably like open up a dog rescue, even though I'm allergic to dogs. So I just am having a lot of fun with that. But yeah, I'm a business coach. I work with communicators and new coaches to help people really kind of narrow their niche, figure out that unique problem that they solve and combine it into their signature offer and put it out there into the world so that they can start living their dreams and serving their communities and having fun while they do it. I love it. And tell us, tell them a little bit about the, your podcast that you just had me on. Oh, sure. So my podcast is new. I actually, uh, you and I know each other from working together on the Declare Conference uh, several years ago. And when we were there, I hosted that podcast and I just fell in love with podcasting. I thought it was so fun. I love talking to people. I'm a people person. And, you know, Declare has kind of hit pause on the conference. I left the podcast, but then have always kind of wanted to start my own. I am, like I said, a business coach for communicators and coaches and entrepreneurs. And I thought, you know, how fun would it be to start a podcast where I interview my friends and business owners, people that I know about the real story behind what they do in the hopes that it will give inspiration and motivation to anybody who's listening. So the Swayology podcast launched in November, 2022, and I'm so excited you're going to be a guest on it. And it's just, that's what it is. I'm having fun talking to people about what it really looks like to be a business owner and a solopreneur and all the things. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up that you and I met at the Declare Conference because, well, not at it, but on the team. Uh, I yeah. wish I knew how many years ago that was. I know it's been a minute, but I'm not sure exactly. It's like 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. Yeah. And also, I think it's important for my listeners to know Anne is really responsible for me launching my own podcast because you were doing the Declare Conference at the time and Anne was there whenever God called me out and said, I want you to start a podcast. And I was like, nope, 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 not doing this. Really don't yeah. want to do like drug my, stuck my heels, you know, in the, in the dirt and just like, nope, not happening. But I was obedient and said yes. 
However, I had never even been interviewed on a podcast before I started mine. And so I was like, Anne, um, can I come over and you just tell me everything you know about podcasting? And you sat me down and you taught me all the ins and the outs. You taught me how to interview. And I just did everything exactly like what you told me. And so if it hadn't been for you, one, obviously you taught me practical, but also just um, I got to see what was neat with you is you could tell you really loved hosting that podcast. And it made me, it it just gave me hope that, oh, this could also be really fun. Like, even though the tech scares me, this could also be fun. And it has been. So thank you for pouring that into my life. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And now you're, you know, even fancier with the podcasting and the mic and the headphones and the board and all the things. And it's just so fun to see what God has done with it, what you've done with it and how fun it is for you to do. I just love it. Yeah. And I love how the Lord just continues to, you know, when you were just talking about yourself, a little about yourself, how you uh, with your dog and then how if you could, you would start a shelter like you're such a giver, right? Like you see so much in other people and 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 you advocate for both animals and people. And that's not that's rare. I feel like that's not always something that people will do and just give and give and give some more. And so when we were talking just now on my podcast, we were talking about my book, Image Restored, and we were talking about body image, and you were starting to share a little of your testimony with me. So do you want to share a bit of that today? Sure. Yeah, no, happy to, because I think it's such an important topic. I love that you've written this book about body image and image in general, and just how women see themselves. And it's a topic that resonates with me because for a really long time, And honestly, to to this day, I still am probably my own worst critic, right? But it used to be I was my own worst critic to the point that it was keeping me from doing things that I felt like I wanted to do or maybe was called to do. And it wasn't completely my fault. Part of that story is that when I was in high school, I was a sophomore in high school. I was a cheerleader and I had a pretty big nose. And it just, it was just a fact, the way that my face was shaped, my nose was a little bit large, but the football players kind of noticed and they gave me a nickname. They would call me the bird and it wasn't a nice nickname. It wasn't cute. And it was, it kind of became an ongoing joke and I would kind of get body checked into lockers and they would like lift my skirt up in the hallway and You know, it was just, it was really rude. And then there was one night at an away game, the team had lost. So they were in a pretty bad mood. We all had to get on the bus together to go back to the high school. And they started chanting, the football players started chanting, kill the bird. Oh my gosh. And it was just a really horrible moment in my life. Uh, I got home from that experience. And my mom basically found me in a puddle crying at home. And her response was to call a plastic surgeon. So I was 15 years old and grateful, right? That she was doing what she could to help me and that we were taking action. And so the summer between my sophomore and my junior year of high school, I had a plastic surgery. I had rhinoplasty done They had to break my nose. They had to reshape it. They had to like cut out some cartilage, all kinds of stuff. It was a really invasive, dramatic, 
drastic reaction to what was going on. But the only way that I knew how to get the football players and other people to stop bullying me. So I appreciate what my mom did, but you know, now at the age that I am and having raised kids of my own, I don't regret necessarily having the surgery, but I also think we never had conversations about love yourself anyway, or God made you this way or what these people are saying. I mean, I'm sure my mom told me that what these people say don't matter, but it just hurt so bad. I, I didn't know how to process it, mm-hmm. but what happened is I changed my nose to stop people from picking on me. And that taught me I must change myself to manage or control how other people saw me and to avoid criticism, to avoid bullying or hateful comments. And so for the next, you know, several years, more years than I can probably remember, I kind of became this people-pleasing perfectionist who didn't want to have vulnerability, didn't want to have weakness, didn't certainly didn't want to show it, was terrified to make mistakes because people had bullied me, right? So this was my experience is I, it is on me, it's my responsibility to change myself so that other people will be kind to me. But that experience and thinking that way over time led me to just extreme anxiety and some depression and struggling to keep it all together or to look like I was keeping it all together. And I will say too, that when you're working that hard to make yourself into a chameleon, to fit other people's opinions, you do sort of lose yourself, right? Like my mom would say to me, well, just be yourself. And that was such a perplexing statement to me because I didn't know who that was. What does that mean? Be myself. I, like I, I, it was truly something I could not figure out. It was such a confusing thing for me. And so life has gone on and I realized at some point that I was in this people pleasing perfectionistic world and that it was creating all this anxiety and depression And I really wanted to beat it. And I started to kind of take some steps to try to beat it. But, you know, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a habit, becomes really hard. And I didn't have any kind of relationship with the Lord until I was in my mid-30s. And I would read statements like, you are God's masterpiece, or I knew you before I formed you in the womb. And I set you apart as a prophet to the nations, all these things. And I would think that's great, but I missed the boat, man. Like it's too late for me. I had to actively make a choice to start to believe him in order for that to resonate. Like I had to choose to believe what he was saying in order for that to kind of get inside of me. But even with me trying to choose to believe it, I still really had body image and image issues to the point where I ended up having another plastic surgery a couple of years later. 
But I'm, before I tell you that story, I'm just going to pause and, you know, see if you have any questions about what I've said already. I am writing furiously over here because, first of all, though, thank you, seriously, for sharing this. I know so many people are listening right now, just resonating with every single word that you're saying. Maybe not your exact story, obviously, because all of our stories are a little different. And they, you sure. know, But we all can relate to being that chameleon and mm-hmm. changing ourselves and then noticing, like you said, that result of, oh, when I changed myself, then people were kind to me. Then they accepted me. Then they noticed me. And I really love uh, that you said, too, that the statement of, you know, be yourself. That how do I know who I am? I've been denying myself for so many, for as long as I can remember. I don't even know who I am in there. Like that's right. just powerful for us to recognize that and just give words to that. And so I know this is a, a sensitive subject for so many and you're sharing a very vulnerable piece of your world with us. And I just am thankful. Like, I just want to thank you on behalf of my listeners that you're sharing this because these yeah. are the conversations. This is my heart behind Real Talk with Rachel. These are the conversations that need to be had. Right. Like for sure. These are the things we've got to be talking about because it helps us to know, oh, okay, I am not the only one struggling on this bus. And like if we can have these combos, it just it just breaks the enemy loses his power the moment we start to just be real and raw and tell each other some things that we've gone through and what we've had to wrestle through. And so I just very much appreciate you sharing that and I also love how something shifted for you when you met God, because that is my heart. The difference I feel like I take in the approach uh, on body image is that God's the foundation of it all, because I, I'm with you. I'm like, if we can't believe what he says, there's not enough positive mantras out there. I can do all the chants. I can read all the, you know, I can do all this stuff. Um, but if it's not him speaking it to me, it's not going to change. And so I love that. And then one more thing I want to hit on that you have said a couple times, and then I'm going to have you finish your your story here, is that yeah. you mentioned body image versus image. And I want to share with the listeners how that came up was that, you know, when you interviewed me on your podcast, I was sharing that the book I, I wrote is a book on body image called Image Restored, though. And so I love how I didn't set out for this to be the case. But whenever it came to completion and I'm looking back through the manuscript, I'm realizing, hold on, this is not just a book on body image. This is a book on image, meaning it encompasses so much more than our body image. It encompasses all the things that you're talking about here, that thing that we have believed that if I just can shape shift and turn into whatever my surroundings need me to be, then... I'll find my place, then I'll be accepted, then I'll have all these things. And that applies to so much more than our body. Of course, we recognize the body piece more because it's what we see and, you know, something maybe we feel like we can control a little bit more, but then it it goes into so much more. Like, what do you think of my voice? What do you think of my everything? I mean, we could go down this list for a while on what our, our image that we're putting out there. And so I love that we're also just bringing this into it of, Um, And that's really my heart behind um, speaking into this topic of body image is like we are, you know, I know this is a passion of yours too, that we stop 
being held back by this type of a thing, you know, our image, that fear. hundred percent. What do people think of me? What, do, you know, what of all this and stuff? And it's just such been such a stronghold for so long that I love that we're getting to speak into this. Did you know your body is always speaking to you? The biggest feedback about my book, Image Restored, is that you love learning to listen to your body. I want to let you know about an exciting new resource I just released. It's a quiz called What's Your Body Trying to Tell You? It's only five questions and will take you less than two minutes to complete. This quiz is just one more step in helping you tune in to your body. Go to rachelgilbert.com forward slash quiz to take it and you'll receive your result plus a PDF with helpful resources. That's rachelgilbert.com forward slash quiz. Okay. All that to say, yes and yesing and amening all the things that we're talking about here. And so, yeah, if you want to jump back in to what you're, you're about to share about then, um, Actually, I, I apologize. I am going to say one more thing because it actually goes along with what you're about to do. What we're doing here, so in my book, I think it's the second unit. Yeah, isn't that sad? I'm like, my own book. I'm like, now where is that in my own book? Um, it's a lot of words. I know. In the second unit, a counselor activity I walk everybody through is a body image timeline. And so you're going to get a chance to go through and like, so these moments we're talking about with you, these are moments that we would put on your body image timeline and look at the core messages that were taken away. Um, so that's what we're doing right now is like, we're, we're kind of looking at your body image timeline and going, okay, that was a core moment in your life that shaped not only your body image, but your image, like the message, sure. the core belief that was just fueling the direction of your life. Um, okay, so that said, let's talk about another moment on your body image timeline here that has, has shaped this area for you. Okay. So actually, before I move on to that story, which I'll tell you in just a second, uh, I want to kind of highlight a moment that I had. So when I was 15, I had the plastic surgery, I returned to school for my junior year. And honestly, I my nose was not big enough that my plastic surgery made a big difference, right? Like I knew there was a difference, but nobody was looking at me and went, whoa, she looks different, right? So some of the football players were still kind of picking on me. And this one particular day, one kid said just the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I body checked him into a locker and gave him a piece of my mind, which included some colorful language. And I basically told him to back off that he didn't get to say those things to me anymore. And I told him what I had done. And that there was no way he was even allowed to pick on me anymore because I fixed it. What should have been a really important lesson to me in that moment that I did not understand for years, if not decades later, was that he respected me in that moment. And from that time on, for the remainder of my junior and senior year, he treated me as if we were friends. Mm. And what I think... I realized many, many years later was is that when I did stand up for myself and protect myself and held my boundary, that I got the respect and the like that I had been trying so hard to get by being a chameleon. Ooh. So I just want to put that 
little nugget in there. It took me years to look back on that and realize what had happened in that moment. And I so desperately wish I could go back and learn that moment, learn that thing in that moment, but I didn't, it took a long time. So I was still on this chameleon path. I was developing the anxiety, the depression, really struggling with it. And unbeknownst to me too, I was also developing some autoimmune diseases, which I really think happen partly because of the chemistry of our bodies, but also partly because of what we're telling ourselves in our minds, right? Like we can create anxiety and stress in our bodies and our bodies have to respond to that. And I think sometimes I don't, I'm not a doctor. This isn't necessarily clinical. It could be woo. I don't know, but I really think that a lot of that striving for me created health issues in me. Yeah. Before you, before you go on, I have to stop and just highlight the thing you just said about the experience with the boy, because essentially what you're saying is it wasn't the nose surgery that brought that breakthrough for you. It was you finding your own voice and saying, you're not allowed to talk to me like that. Like, you know, and I know you said it, like you said, more colorfully than that, but, uh, standing your ground and owning like who you were. And anyhow, I just thought that was powerful. And I, and I know you said you didn't learn it till later, but Hey, we're talking about it now. So that's good. Yeah. So we're talking about it now. And it was a big lesson (laughs) that when it finally occurred to me, what happened in that moment, it immediately got into my heart and has kind of permeated everything that I think and do now. Yeah. So, but I was still several years later. I mean, I'm talking 10, 15 years ago, I was still really struggling with body image, wishing that I looked better. I had had three children. And I mean, let's just be honest, the breasts weren't what they used to be. I mean, they were small to begin with, but then you nurse a couple of babies and, and they became concave, right? Like they were, they just were not what they used to be. And I made the decision to have breast implant surgery, not because I wanted to like flaunt them. I was never that person. I just wanted to feel better in my clothes. I wanted my clothes to fit better. And I had had a friend that had done it and it was great for her. And she was the most confident person I knew. And I thought, great, if I get these, then I'll be confident. And the, it's kind of a long story, but the short story of it is that I went ahead with the surgery and it was a disaster. I had developed a hematoma and so I had to have a repair done and that meant that they were uneven. So then I had to have another surgery done and have a graft put in, but then the graft didn't really hold. And so then I had to have another surgery done to correct that. And then one of them ruptured and they were the kind that weren't supposed to rupture that were like solid in the middle. Uh, But then I had to have that repaired and then they got, one of them developed scar tissue and the other one didn't. So they were uneven again. And about three years ago, I went to my surgeon, my plastic surgeon. I'm like, we're done. Take them out. I don't want them anymore. I'm over it. I mean, it was five or six really big surgeries, a lot of money. And I was never getting this result that I thought that I was going to get. It was a bigger pain to me. I hated the way that I looked in pictures Like it just, it was such a bad decision. And I hung on for a long time because, you know, you invest that much money and time, you want this to work, but it didn't. And I'll never forget going through that surgery to have her remove them and like being home after a few days and seeing them for the first time. 
And she had, my surgeon had said, we're going to let you heal for like six months and then we'll revisit. We can start over. And I was looking at myself in the mirror and I thought, why did I ever do this to you guys? Mm. (laughs) I should have loved you the way that you were Mm. and not put you through this. And like apologizing to my body Mm -hmm. for what I had tried to do to it. Yeah. And when I did that, it kind of started these other thoughts, right? For me, where I have, I've now been diagnosed with celiac disease and Sjogren's syndrome and Raynaud syndrome and just these autoimmune things. I've, I've got asthma. I've got all these issues that have been going on. And I've had three children. I've also had a couple of miscarriages, but I've been battling all of these diseases. I've given birth to kids. I have gone through all of these surgeries. I have lived with this on and off depression and anxiety for a long time. And I've been so mean to my body. Mm. And yet my body has been so faithful to me Mm -hmm. because I do have three beautiful children and I have been able to manage living with these diseases to the point where I've found a new doctor. I've off of 12 prescription medications. I am feeling the best that I have felt probably in my life and less medicine. And I'm obviously the oldest I've ever been in my life. Right. But I just keep finding myself thinking how grateful I am to this body for being faithful to me when I was so mean to it mentally for so long. It has been a warrior for me. And I'm really proud of that. Now, I am still, I still have triggers, right? I still have body image issues. Like I still pay a lot of money to get expensive serums for my face because I, you know, I'm going to fight aging, you know, till the sun goes down. And my daughter is getting married and I went to go try on dresses and they were a little tighter than I wanted them to be. So I'm like off sugar right now for a while because I want to like feel my best. I don't think there's anything wrong with that wanting to feel strong, wanting to feel your best, wanting to look your best. I think that's okay. I think where I got into trouble was when I felt like I had to change myself in order to impress or please other people and never gave myself credit for the good things, the things that I was good at, the strength that I did have. So That's the thing I keep coming back to now. The thing that I keep telling myself, I keep reminding myself that I am proud of my body, that I'm grateful to it for what it's been through, what I've put it through. I'm still walking. I'm still exercising. I'm still eating. I can travel all these things from this body that I have just been beating up since I was 15 years old. Mm hmm. Oof. Okay. You just set some more people free with all of this goodness. I love that you brought up the apologizing, you know, to your body and then thanking your body for what she has done. I, I actually have a spot in the book where I encourage women to write in, in a letter to their body of apology. And it's interesting too, what happens when we shift our perspective. I was just talking to my girls. I have two teenage daughters and this is another reason I'm so passionate about this topic is yeah. because, you know, I was actually 15 as well whenever my body image issues really, really surfaced for me. And 
I want to be a different generation. Like I want to be the one who has these hard conversations with my girls and says, it's normal like to have these struggles. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you for, you know, having these struggles, but can we struggle together? Right? Like, can I tell you everything I've learned? And so you don't have to be my age just now hashing it out. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I'm like, how about we start back there? But I was recently talking to my girls. I'm like you. I, I And actually, I did write a chapter on this in the book on I think it's great to want to be healthy. Um, I think it's that's that's great. Like God wants us to feel good and he wants us to feel strong. Right. And like, that's good. That's a good thing. And I was talking to my girls recently about I love to exercise. For me, it's like therapy, like I'm just mental health, if you will. I'm like I just it clears my mind. And one of my daughters does not um, like to. She likes to do some active things, but she just really doesn't like to exercise. But she had set a goal. She was like, I'd really love to be able to just be able to run a mile. She's like, I've never done that, but that feels really overwhelming to me. And and I was telling her, well, you know, we could work on that together if you want. We can start by just going on walks together. And and I was talking to her about reframing how you view exercise and movement. And I was saying, you know, there's something that shifts. Even you'll notice your energy level shifts um, whenever you go, oh, I've got to go. I got to go get this walk. Here we go. You know, we're going out to get this walk in. And, you know, we're starting out with this drudgery, like beating yourself up, you know, we're trying to beat your body into submission of, oh, I ate too much last night. I got to go do this versus when we say, thank you, body, that we're able to get out and move. Thank you that you're so strong and that, you know, I can get from here to there and that this means I have breath in my body. This means I'm still alive and active. And when you shift into that, you literally can feel the energy surge through your body all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it's it's visible. And and my daughter tried that and she was like, Mom, you weren't kidding. Like I actually enjoyed, you know, running. I actually enjoyed it. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, it's just so powerful. So I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it's a mindset shift to instead of, and unfortunately so many of us spend most of our years beating up our body and shaming her into submission versus just saying, thank you for what you've done. Thank you, you know, that you're showing up and that you're constantly sending me messages of what you need today, what you don't need today. And I, I love that. So thank you for bringing that part up. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And I, I'm one of those people that feels like I hate exercise, right? Like I, I don't like sweating and I'm a profuse sweater. Like it's not pretty, right? There, Some people perspire. I sweat. I don't love it. And, you know, I always like if I've been sweaty, then I'm suddenly I get into air conditioning and I'm freezing and then I just want to, it's just like this whole thing, right? I don't love it. But We have been walking my dog, actually having my dog has been a really big thing because she needs walks. And so we take her for a three mile walk multiple times a week, like three, four, five times a week. And at first I couldn't do it when it was cold, but then I like bought some fleece leggings and a cute hat. And so one of the things that helps me when I'm feeling like I don't like exercising is I I have to change it to, I get to Yep. like I bought new tennis shoes and I was like, Ooh, these are only for walking. And now I get to wear them. They're so cute and fun. Or I bought, I splurged on some leggings, you know, Oh, I get to wear them. They're really fun. And so I just have to change the story that I'm telling myself. Right. Absolutely. That, that there are things about this that are fun or, you know, to, take in the blue sky. In fact, it was funny. One of the things that exercising over the last couple of years has 
Lord has been teaching me is I have a tendency when I'm walking to look down at the ground. And that is because I want to obviously watch where I'm stepping. I don't want to step in a pothole. I want to avoid a rock. I want to, you know, make sure I don't trip over my own shoelaces. I have a tendency to look down. And I feel like the Lord has been telling me to look up and enjoy the sky and the land and the earth and my surroundings and to be aware of my surroundings and to trust that my feet will get me there. And so I have been working on when I'm doing exercise or just walking, whatever it is, looking up and taking in my surroundings. I don't know if that's going to speak to anybody. I feel like I needed to say that, but it's been like this life lesson for me because I think when you are unsure of yourself and you're hard on yourself and you're beating yourself up, you go through life looking down because you're looking for the next place you're going to trip, the next place you're going to screw up, the next place you're going to fall or make a fool of yourself or whatever it is, but that's not what life is, right? Life is about looking up and seeing the beauty that's in front of you and enjoying that and, and knowing that even if you trip, you're going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and that you, you got to breathe and you got to have vitamin D and warm sunshine and, and that you did it even when it was hard. And like all of those things are so much more important than looking down to prevent yourself from falling. Yeah, that visual resonates with me because I've had him speak that to me too when I'm out for a walk or is I'm the exact same way. Like I want to look down. I don't want to step on or, or trip. And even as you were speaking, I just had that same visual of when we look up at him, he takes care of all the potholes and the things yeah. that we could stumble on. And he, he you know, like he, we, our only job is to look up at him. In fact, I think I have a quote that says something like that in the book of uh, that we can't be so consumed with looking down that we forget to look up at Jesus. And because that is, that's really, I feel like the enemy would love for us to spend our whole life, just like you said, just looking down, you know, at the ground in front of mm-hmm. us, at our body, at whatever current distraction it is. And we forget, oh, just look up, just look up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we think we're protecting ourselves, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. feels like safety. Yep. But what is the cost of that? Like, what are you missing in the name of of safety and protecting yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like when I, when I started exercising, we were living out at a lake that was surrounded by a ranch. And one of my favorite things to do when I would look up was watch for the cows and the longhorns and just like be in awe of the fact that I was kind of like amongst them and wonder what they're thinking. And it's just, it was, I mean, my, my thoughts would take me all different kinds of places, which I think even helped with creativity and inspiration because I wasn't looking down. So I get this idea that we want to protect ourselves. We want to stay safe, but really I promise the things that you're missing when you're looking down is more significant than you protecting yourself. And I will also say knock on wood, right? It could happen. I haven't tripped or stepped in a pothole or had an untied shoelace or any of those things I'm worried about. None of those things have happened. Now they might happen in the future, but I still will count all of the things I see when I'm looking up as more important. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then also, what's the worst case scenario? We trip and fall. Yeah, but at least I got to look up, you know, all the, and, and enjoyed all my surroundings. So, you know. Well, not only that, but I could trip and fall and I could say, hey, Rachel, I tripped and fell and I was great. So even if you trip and fall, yep. you too will be great. Exactly. Like my tripping and falling story becomes a testimony that helps others, right? Exactly. So like, yep. it's okay. It's yep. okay if we mess up. It's okay if we... Yeah fail. It's, it's okay if we're not perfect. And that I think is one of the messages of my heart mm-hmm. and, and just partly why I'm so passionate about what I do with the coaching yep. is because there's so many women out there that have a dream, right? They want to become an entrepreneur. They want to start a business. They have want to start a ministry. They want to write a book. They want to pursue something big, but they're looking down. Yep. I want to help them look up. Mm. And do that thing that they're supposed to do mm-hmm. and reach their potential. Yes. Not hold themselves back like I did for so long. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you you ended with that because that's what was going to be my final question to you. I was going to say you are, this is your, your mission in life is to help women yeah. do exactly that. Like stop looking down, look up. Uh, and you actually, you said it as to get their dreams off the ground without, without being in their own way. Like you literally, yeah. I don't know if you already knew that that was your mission statement and then uh, off the ground and then you're sitting here telling, you know, sharing this visual. That's pretty cool. I don't know. I haven't said it quite like that, but I think, I think what you're saying is right. I mean, that's my mission in life. Mm-hmm. I'm everybody's biggest cheerleader and advocate mm-hmm. because yeah. I've, I've been there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I, I've been in the dumps. I've wrestled with the depression and the anxiety and the self-doubt and the guilt and the beating myself up, the hating myself, the Mm self-loathing. Like I was a professional (laughs) self-loather and, and I had all the evidence to back it up. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about making a choice to stop doing that and to start being kind to yourself. Yeah. And that's what I want to do is I want to help people get out of their own way, get out of, get out of that stuck place in their mind yeah. That's holding them back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are the biggest cheerleader. So tell us where can the listeners connect with you if they're like, yes, I want you to be my cheerleader. <laughs> well, the easiest place to find me is on Instagram. It's the social media platform I'm on the most. I'm at Ann Watson TX. That's Ann with an E Watson TX for Texas. Really easy to find. I love DMs. Get in there. Talk to me. Would love to hear from people. And then I have a website and all the other things. There's a link on my Instagram, but that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. I respond to all my DMs. I love talking to people. And yeah, I would love to keep this conversation going here on your show, you know, or wherever, whenever people need it. Because I think it's so important. I love what you're doing. I love your message. I think this book is so important. I think mothers desperately need it so we can change the message we're giving our daughters I think women desperately need it so we can get out of our own way and do the thing we're called to do. I'm just so freaking proud of you, Rachel. And I just love you to pieces. You know that, but this book is huge. It's going to be, it's going to be the thing that breaks this off for a lot of women. And I, I can't wait to see what God does with it. Oh, and thank you. You're blessing me and you're cheering me on. Like I appreciate it. The Lord The Lord knew I needed to hear that today, but he also just knew I needed you in my life. So I love you too. And I'm grateful for you. And I'm glad that my listeners get to meet you because we've been talking about doing this for a long time. And the Lord said, today's the day. No warning, just go. 
and we did it and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it too. I loved it too. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it is a vulnerable story. It's a hard story, but there's a lot of lessons in there and mm-hmm. there's a lot of, I think, hard won wisdom. And I'm, I'll talk about it till the cows come home. If it helps one woman yeah, yeah. break free from her story. Oh, I know. I know it helped more than one woman today for sure. So listeners, just so you know, all the links to all the things we talked about today will be in the show notes. And Anne, thank you again for taking the time to come on today. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement in your life right now. I appreciated and I hope and pray you did too how Anne got real here on Real Talk with Rachel. It's not every day that people do that. It's always my heart that my guests do, but man, She just laid it all on the table and I appreciated it. And actually, let me give you some behind the scenes. If you're still listening, that means, hey, you are like a real talk lifer. Is that a good way to say it? You know what I mean? Groupie. That's a better way. And I love that you're hanging out for this practical segment because you get a little insider info. And here's the real truth about today's episode with Anne. We actually, for a couple years now, I keep saying, oh, I need to get you on my show. And just, we just hadn't gotten around to doing it. And she was actually interviewing me on her podcast, Swayology. Make sure you check it out if you haven't already, because my book, Image Restored, was coming out. And she was like, hey, let's get on here. Let's talk about it. And so we actually had gotten on and I did an interview with her on her show. And then afterwards, we're friends. We're just chatting. And I just said, hey, are you? busy right now? Like, do you have time? Could we just turn around and record for mine? And she said, yeah, I've got some time. So we recorded today's episode with zero notes, zero pre-planned questions. We just went for it. And those sometimes are my most favorite interviews because we don't come in with an agenda. Uh, I do try to stay, you know, somewhat on track. So we're not just chasing all kinds of bunnies. But... I just felt like the Lord led that interview and he especially, it was time for Anne to share her story. I'm not sure that she's actually even shared this publicly, what she got to share with us today. And so what you witnessed was Anne sharing a core belief. And if you've read Image Restored, you'll see that phrase throughout. And I want to read to you from chapter one, The Therapist Thought. Core beliefs are an individual's central ideas about herself, others, and the world. These beliefs act like a lens through which every situation is seen, and they shape how a person sees the world. Harmful core beliefs lead to negative thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, whereas rational core beliefs lead to positive reactions. And if you noticed, Anne did share with us how... You know, once she realized that she'd been letting some of these beliefs about her, not only her body, but her appearance and her nose and how she shared all of that, let her shape her for so many years, that's when she got that freedom. And my friends, I want that for you too. And I know that the Lord wants it for you. So I have a very practical, just a couple of questions for you to answer Something might come to your mind immediately, but if it doesn't, that's okay. Just think about it throughout the week. So first of all, I want you to answer this. What core belief has positively influenced how you see yourself or the world? So core beliefs can be good too. 
here's an example of a good core belief. I am loved by my parents, God, and friends. Anything that you believe and have learned from the Bible, that's a strong foundation. That's a good core belief. We want to strengthen those good and positive core beliefs and lean into those, right? But then the ones we have to challenge is when you answer this question, what core belief has negatively influenced how you see yourself and the world? And oftentimes, if you're not sure right away, just kind of reflect on your life and look at an area of your life for you. Maybe it's body image like Anne and myself and many people that I have counseled and know, but maybe for you, it's a different area. But look at whatever area of your life that maybe you feel stuck, you feel has been a battle for you, whatever like feels heavy, feels like, man, I'd love more freedom in that area. Take a look at that area and then just kind of reflect over your life and go, what do I believe to be true in this area? And is this real truth? Meaning, does it line up with the word of God? Because for years, I carried around the core belief, you know, I mean, we all have several negative ones that we need to rewrite, but one for me was my worth is in my weight. And then once I overcame that one, it became my worth is in my performance. And for me, it was a big worth thing, a big identity thing. So what is it for you? I want you to figure that out. And then I want you to ask God, what does he want to replace that core belief with today? I encourage you to find a verse to stand on, to replace it and to reshape it, okay? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for every single listener who is sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you drew them in, Holy Spirit, that they are not here on accident, that today's episode was divinely recorded for them. While Anna and I may not have had an agenda when we hit record on this episode, Holy Spirit, you did. You knew what you were doing. You knew who's going to be listening, and you knew they needed to hear what we were going to talk about. But even more important than that, they needed to encounter you. They needed to see you face-to-face, Jesus. So I pray healing. I ask that you bring up core beliefs that are just simply not from you. Beliefs that have shaped how we view ourselves in the world. Even beliefs that shape how we view you, Lord. Uproot anything that's not from you. I pray peace and blessing over these listeners today and over this community. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Friends, I'm just honored that you tune in. I'm also honored that you're still here. You're still listening here at the very end of the show. And as always, I pray that this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.